Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. We are in Proverbs 15 this morning. We finally made it there. We're going to be looking at verse 1 through 3. Let's go ahead and say a word of prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this morning. Draw us near to you. God, just teach us new things so that we see more of your glory and, and, and gain more joy from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we got some more fortune cookie statements here from Solomon. All good stuff. Practical wisdom that, um, well, it's practical. And it also has spiritual application. Again, I want to remind you, what I love about the Proverbs is that every single one of these little practical nuggets of wisdom um, have have an anchor in the two greatest commandments. They're built upon the two greatest commandments, loving God and loving others. And we can draw back to that in every way, every single one of these. They all have that practical application for life and everyday living, but they also have spiritual application. Solomon's very wise. He's the one who authored Proverbs. He's the one who wrote this. This is David's son. This is David's son who was born out of um, really sin, a sinful relationship because David um, had a man killed and took his wife, Bathsheba. And from that, um, Solomon was born out of that. So that whole story in and of itself, although that's not what we're looking at today, but since I'm thinking about it, but that whole story in and of itself is evidence of how God can restore. God is the great restorer of people and situations. And he can take a sinful situation and he can still turn it in such a way to bring glory to him. So even though Solomon came from a sinful act, Solomon himself became a godly man who honored the Lord and even authored many, many parts of, of Scripture. We have Psalms, we have Proverbs, uh, we have Song of Solomon, you know, heard of that one. So um, there's, there's a lot that God can, can do uh, when in negative situations. God can do anything. We're going to talk about that today, actually, because a couple of the verses we're looking at talk about, well, one of the verses particularly talks about God's sovereignty. So let's go ahead and, and start here in chapter 15. Verse 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This is extremely practical, and probably every person who ever reads this verse has a situation that, they, that automatically pops into their mind when they read this. This is so true. Um, that now, the, the term wrath here, this is talking about rage, okay? Wrath and rage, they're, they're similar. In the original Hebrew that this is written in, that is the intention Solomon is, is displaying here. He's talking about someone who just flies off the handle angry. Think of a situation where two people are talking, somebody gets extremely angry, and they're yelling, and their fists are clenched, almost like they could get physical, okay? So a soft answer in that situation can turn away rage and wrath, all right? Whereas a harsh word only makes it worse. But you've seen two people get mad at each other. One flares up real big, and then the other person responds by flaring up. And, and it's almost like watching someone throw gasoline on a fire, is it not? It's like it just, 
really quick and it can turn into a physical altercation. So a wise person is going to calm down, be gentle, and give a quiet, soft answer. So a soft answer can, in many cases, just diffuse, can just put the fire out. It can actually put the rage and the wrath out. But even if it doesn't do that, at least a soft answer does not throw more fuel on the fire. It can just stabilize it. And so in any situation, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a marital dispute and there's rage and wrath being displayed or even as, you know, between two, two people of any situation, be wise give a soft answer and a soft response to diffuse the situation. That's what a wise person would do. So that's just very, very practical there. And uh, the spiritual application to this is just in your own spiritual walk and in your own relationship with God, we should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry, okay? We should examine and think about the situations we're in. Oftentimes, Christians will just automatically get angry at God because they don't understand the situation and why God's allowing something to happen. And so they just want to get angry. They, they turn to wrath and rage without thinking, without uh, considering what God's purpose and plan is. And uh, so in regards to that, giving a soft response and listening and being patient is going to go a long way, okay? So verse 2 here says the tongue, so we're talking about speech again, the tongue of the wise com commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pours out folly. This kind of piggybacks right off of verse 1 here. Um, so a response that is wise, um, that looks to knowledge and truth, that is objective, not subjective, um, is, is going to bring a soft answer and it's going to turn away wrath and confusion and frustration okay whereas the mouths of fools pours out folly a foolish person is someone who speaks before they thinks a wise person thinks before they speak okay and that's a that's a very a very good trait to learn in your life if that's something you struggle with but the tongue of the wise commends knowledge i love that statement because a wise person is going to examine and look at the situation and try to find truth, whether they like what the truth is or not. They're going to be more scientific in their approach. That, that is absolutely the case. They're going to examine and, and try to understand everything before they go jumping to conclusions and assumptions, which is always a dangerous thing to do. We do not make decisions based off of assumptions or rumors. We go to and we find the truth, go to the source, find the truth, understand the situation, and then, then you can work things out, right? You can work things out better when you know the truth. But when you go reacting based off of just assumptions and rumors and what this person said about this person, and you don't go to the truth, you don't think about it objectively, you, you respond based off of feelings in that moment, that's foolish, and it just causes more folly, okay? It just causes more folly. People who, who speak without trying to understand the situation, and I've seen that happen numerous, numerous times because you can't take back something that you said. So be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, 
all right? All right, now verse 3, it kind of changes things up a little bit. Verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Now, this is just a very practical, straightforward reminder. It's a reminder, okay? Um, because anyone who, who can call themselves a Christian, they understand that God's watching them. They know that God is always watching them. They cannot escape him. But this is a, an important reminder for us, for everyone, that God is watching everything. Nothing slips past him. You hide nothing from God. You can keep nothing from him, all right? Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, as soon as sin came into the world, that was the initial response was to hide your shame and your sin from God. That's why Adam and Eve, they saw their shame, their nakedness. That was a symbol of seeing their sin. And they hid from God when God came looking for them. And see, God knew where they were. He wanted them to respond. He wanted them to come out and expose themselves and be open and honest with him. But God knew exactly what was going on. He knew where they were. Nothing got past him. So they tried to cover themselves with leaves. And the thing is, is, is when we try to cover our own shame and sin, it never is sufficient, right? Because if, if you go and you pick up a bunch of leaves out in the woods and you sew them together and you wear them for a couple days, what's going to happen to the leaves? They decay very quickly, don't they? They become brittle and they flake and they just end up not working. They don't cover you. They don't cover your nakedness. They are not sufficient. We cannot cover our own sin. We are not sufficient to do that. But what does God do for Adam and Eve? We see the first sacrifice committed in Scripture in order to cover the sin and shame of Adam and Eve. God kills an animal. He sacrifices an animal. He takes the life of an animal, takes the skins of the animal, and that skin covers the shame, the nakedness of Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay, God provides the sacrifice to cover the shame, the sin of man. And see, animal skins, they were sufficient for the life of Adam and Eve. But that's the whole picture being painted there. All of that is prophetic in a sense, pointing us to the one true sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that whole act of God performing that. So God sees evil, God sees the good, and he knows all things, and he has a purpose in all things. Now, this is a small hint reminding us that God doesn't just see everything. He isn't just omnipresent, which means he's everywhere all the time. But God is sovereign, and that means that nothing happens without God knowing it without God allowing it, or even without God willing it, okay? We need to remember that and understand that. And I actually added another verse here from a future Proverbs that we'll be studying when we get to it. But this comes from Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You can make all the plans you want in the world, whether good or evil, no matter what. But God's purpose will be what comes about. We cannot mess up God's plans. We cannot change his plans. God's not sitting up in heaven, this super genius intellect being that knows how to respond in every situation. He's just super smart and, oh my goodness, they did this, but I'm really smart, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this instead. I can always counter everyone's decisions. No, God is in control. 
He's not just a really good responder to the decisions everybody else makes. No, God's word tells us that he has a purpose and a plan, and that purpose and plan will be carried out. This is just one of many verses that tells us that. And when we hear that, some people get discouraged hearing that. But me, it's encouraging to know that the God that I follow and love and worship has everything taken care of. Nothing's going to mess up his plans. I don't have anything to worry about. He is in complete control. It doesn't matter what happens. Whatever happens, God has a purpose in it. All things work together for the good to those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That's the good and the bad things. All things work together for your good. So remember that. Be at peace. Trust the Lord. And don't worry. All right, some good stuff here. Thank you for joining me this morning. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's going to take care of everything else. God's in control. He's got you. Take care. Have a wonderful day. And I will see you again tomorrow morning. Bye.